The million dollar question, how do entrepreneurs transition from self-employed to owning a business that turns a profit? My name is Chris Waters and this podcast has the million dollar answer. Welcome to CEO Secrets. Hey guys, it's Chris Waters, your host of CEO Secrets. Uh, welcome back. We are actually broadcasting this live in our private Facebook group. So if you guys have any questions as we go through this interview with Jeff Glover, um, please comment in the uh, comment section below. Jeff, welcome to CEO Secrets. Super excited to have you on. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. So, man, to say you're a powerhouse would be an understatement. Your team is selling 900 to 1,000 homes a year. Mm-hmm. You have Glover uh, U, which is a training platform pe- for people that are in the real estate industry. Yep. You, host, you host events um, to help educate agents, turn them into great salespeople and leaders. Yep. And you're also actively out there selling homes, over 80 homes per year. On the ground every day. Uh, oh, my God. Without- 2008 was my first year selling over 100 homes. And with the exception of last year, last year was the first time I dropped below 100. I sold about 80. And uh, of course, the goal is to get back over 100 personally. Jeff, when did you get started in real estate full time? Uh, it was May of 2003. And what, what were some of the, I mean, you went from you know, 03 to 08, basically not one of the best times um, in, in yeah. the economy, if you will. I guess 03, 04, 05 is decent, but um, yeah. like what, what helped you, you know, go from being a, an agent doing, you know, five, 10 deals to, you know, over a hundred? Yeah. So a um, couple things. Number one, um, when I started, I was kind of naive, meaning like I, I would look around the office and think to myself, how am I going to compete with these people? You know, these are these are the best of the best in the industry. Um, and, and, and what I meant by that, like my perception was they're all older than me. You know, they're, they're driving nicer cars than I am. You know, these guys are great. How am I going to compete with them? And so I sat down with my broker and and I I shared with my broker my concern of not being able to compete at such a young age. And I'll never forget, he said, Jeff, you just have to sound like you've been doing it a long time. You just have to sound like you've been doing it a long time. So here I am, if you can imagine, sitting in his chair. How old are you, Jeff, at this point? So I was 18 years old. I'm 35 now. I was 18 years old at the time. And I remember thinking to myself, how am I going to sound like I've been doing this for a while? I don't own a home. Uh, I, I just started last month. Um, I, I'm young. I look young. I look younger than I am. And I got no experience, you know, selling real estate. And so he reached down and, you know, and so I basically expressed this to him. So he pulls out a book, a three ring binder, you know, kind of like, you know, just a standard like three ring binder from his drawer. And he says, Jeff, what I want you to do, I want you to take some time and get familiar with this book. This is a book of scripts from all the great trainers from around the country. There was probably six or eight different sets of scripts, right? He said, I want you to go through here and I want you to find the listing presentation that resonates the most with you, meaning you feel the most comfortable using it. And I also want you to identify one or two prospecting scripts. You know, back then they didn't call it lead generation, it was just prospecting. So I want you to pull out one or two prospecting scripts and I want you to pull out the listing presentation and uh, come back to me once you, once you found the ones you think you're going to be comfortable with. So basically, you know, through that process, through that book, I went back to Tim's office. Hey, Tim, I put, you know, I had probably six or eight pages of scripts. I like these ones. What do I do? He said, all right, for the next 30 days, Jeff, you're going to write these out 
once a day for the next 30 days, handwrite them. I want you to write the listing presentation. I want you to write, I had pulled out the expired and for sale by owner script. Expired for sale by owner listing presentation once a day for the next 30 days. All right, Tim, you know, 30 days goes by, no listings, no sales. I'm doing floor time. I'm doing, you know, open houses, basically everything that everyone else is doing. 30 days go by. All right, Tim, now what? All right, now, Jeff, what I want you to do, I want you to spend one morning a week, Monday through Friday, so five days a week, for the next 30 days, um, chanting the scripts aloud, meaning take the script that you just wrote out. You know, I was basically, you know, I'd have, I, I'm still a little old fashioned. I use yellow pads like crazy. So I'd have a yellow pad and I had my script and I literally would just be writing there. He said, okay, now take your yellow pad and I want you to recite them to yourself once a day for 30 days. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can remember, you know, walking around the parking lot. It was a little embarrassing. I was in a cubicle. So I'd go outside uh, or I'd go in an area where nobody could hear me. And I'm just, hi, my name is Jeff Glover, showing your homes no longer listed for sale. What are your plans with the property, right? I just go right in the script. So I did that for 30 days. And, uh, and I, by the way, I swear he made up this training program on the spot. You know, I, I don't think, I think he saw somebody that was young and naive and whatever. Let's see what this kid, can, you know, let's see if this kid buys into this. So, so that 30 days goes by, I go back to him and say, all right, Tim, um, I've chanted them out. I feel like I got them down. Now what? He said, now I want you to find someone in the office to role play with once a day for 30 days. So, you know, go around the office and find somebody that, that would be interested in role playing with you, you know, once a day for 30 days. So I did that at the end of 30 days, I go back to him. All right, still no listings, no sales, you know, nothing to show for it. I said, all right, now what do you want me to do, Tim? He said, now what I want you to do, I want you to come into the office about an hour and a half earlier. Because I was coming in at like 9.30, 9.15, like basically like everybody else in the office. And he said, I want you to be in by 7.30, 8 o'clock. And I want you to come in and start calling expireds. You've got the scripts down, Jeff. You can do this. So my first month, it was now September of 03. That month, I took 11 listings. First month, uh, you know, after this little training program. Yeah. And so... Um, from there, I've always been, you know, scripts and dialogues have always been a, a huge passion of mine because that's, that's all I knew. And that's, Jeff, that's why, all, why, why did you get into real estate? I was selling furniture, uh, when I was in high school and, um, somebody in the store said, Jeff, you're good at sales. You know, I was like 16, 17 years old when you turn, uh, 18 go get your real estate license you're going to do great in real estate and so that's what i did so did was it that were you attracted to the money that did did you have any concept of the money or the no limit on income did you think about college what were all the things going on in your head yeah so you know i went to a school where like 95 percent of the the high school went away to college so i was one of the kind of like one of the weird ones that, that didn't go away to college actually um so I, I, I made the decision kind of last minute. I was going to go away to school. I was, um, you know, I applied and, and, and I was going to go work at the, the store is called Art Van. I was going to go work at the Art Van near this college, Western Michigan, actually. And um, last minute, speaking to a counselor, getting advice from a teacher, they said, you know what, Jeff? Because I was already, when I was a senior in high school, I was making 60 grand selling furniture. So they're like, you know what, Jeff, you might have this sales thing down. Why don't you go give real estate a try? And, you know, I did research online. And if you, if you research, you know, average real estate agent income, it's not, it's not exciting. And <laughs> there's nothing that you can find online, uh, at least back then that, that gets you exciting about getting into the business. But 
I just felt like, hey, what's the most expensive? If I'm good at sales and I enjoy sales, what's the most expensive product I can sell? And, how did your how did your parents feel about you not going to college and getting into real estate at 18? You know, um, they they supported it because uh, I think now, of course, they probably wouldn't admit this, but I think I think they they knew it wouldn't you know they'd save a bunch of money, <laughs> but uh, no, they they supported it, and uh, I went I did go to community college, so I stayed back and went to community college and got into real estate. Uh, simultaneously. So I was selling real estate. I was selling furniture because I still sold furniture for a couple of years in the business because that was just nights and weekends. And then I did college part-time. So, you know, I did like 10, 12 credit hours, no, nothing crazy. Did you, you come from a, a family of people that were naturally gifted at sales? No, you know, um, my mom was like an administrator and uh, my dad was a machinist. So no, no, nobody in the family was really in, not only sales, but not even, not even business. Hmm. What, what's been like, I mean, you've, you know, you've, you've not, you've become obviously, a, you went from becoming a great agent to learning how to recruit and develop people underneath you and help mm -hmm. them follow in your footsteps. Like what is the thing that drives you to like, take, put, I mean, you've got to be a really driven person to build a team to 900 plus closings a year. You've got to be even more driven to want to go start a training mm -hmm. uh, program and, and then, you know, um, to keep selling, right? Like you're balancing so many things. How, like, yeah. what, what is it that drives you to, you know, achieve at this level? Well, I mean, it, it, has, it has changed throughout the years. There's no doubt. Uh, I would tell you the number one thing that drives me today is, and I, and I know to some degree it sounds cliche, so I'm gonna, I'll, I'll dig into it a little bit so you know where I'm coming from. Um, but it's, it's to make a major impact on the industry, not just on a few thousand people or even a few hundred thousand people, but hopefully on, on millions forever. Because there is so, I was lucky. When I started the business, you had like four choices. <laughs> you had Floyd Wickman, you had Mike Ferry, you had Brian Buffini, and you had Craig Proctor. You followed one of those four, and that was it, right? There wasn't all these Facebook groups and, and, and people chiming in saying, this is the way to do it or use, you know, there wasn't 800 different sets of scripts. You had four. Pick one, right? One was known for prospecting and cold calling. One was known for referrals. One was known for marketing. And one was known for, you know, sales skills. Pick one. And, and to, so to this day, I honestly feel like I, I was a little spoiled because of that, because there's so many options and so many choices that agents have now to follow. And the reality is, is 99% of them are crap. 99% of them are people who either have never succeeded at a high level, A, or B, uh, were succeeding at a high level, but it was over 10 years ago. So um, my, my passion today comes from, I'm on the ground, I'm doing it with you, follow this system because you can only follow one. This idea of sprinkle a little over here, sprinkle a little over here, you're, you're, you're sprinkling yourself too thin. Uh, you're not sticking to one thing long enough. And, and for me, that, that's, that's my passion behind why I stay in production and why Glover U exists today. Why is, it, why is it important for you to impact people? A couple of reasons. Number one, um, because I, I feel like I was put in a position by my, my broker at the time to where 
I want to re- repay that. I want to return that favor. And I know, you know, just looking out at the industry today and, and seeing people at real estate offices, they don't, they didn't, they don't have somebody that was, that was tough on them. Like I had. And uh, I feel, I, I feel for them. I feel for a lot of the agents in the industry. And that's, it's, it's almost like just, I want to repay that favor. Somebody, you know, I, I was lucky to get to work with, gentlemen like Floyd Wickman, Mike Ferry, you know, eventually Gary Keller, uh, and, and consider those people mentors. And I, I think it's really hard to duplicate that. And so my hope is that I can provide that for somebody since someone provided it for me. Interesting. Jeff, um, you've, you've learned the sales skills, scripting, big advocate of that, became a great agent. What were some of the walls you hit as you started building a team? once you actually started recruiting people underneath you and trying to get them to follow in your footsteps? Well, uh, a couple things uh, that I learned early on uh, is not everybody wants it as bad as you do. Uh, And so, you know, pushing people too hard uh, because you want it more for them than they want it for themselves was a huge lesson for me. You know, I, I dealt with a lot of turnover early on because I was just a hard and fast driver uh, uh, and, and hard and fast, um, not necessarily even motivator. I would just say the struct, the level of structure and accountability was, was, was very extreme because that, that worked for me. Well, that doesn't always work for everybody. And so learning to deal with their different personality styles, um, learning to connect with people, uh, is, is something that didn't come natural to me. And quite honestly, even to this day, you know, John Maxwell's book, uh, The 21 Laws of, of, of Leadership, the law of connection is still probably my weakness, weakest to this day. I'm a lot better today than I was 10 years ago, I can tell you that. But um, what, what have you put in place to try to improve your vetting process when it comes to selecting people to join your team? So to make sure you uh, make sure you find those people that are going to want to push as hard as you're going to push them and yeah. create alignment. So um, we have a we have a uh, basically a value value proposition book. Uh, it's it's like a third. It's like maybe 25, 28 page book that has everything that's unique about our organization. Well, there's a two page spread on our training and accountability model. Hey, where I got to interrupt so, you. Where'd you get the idea for that book? The 20, that 25 page values book. Um, I, I honestly, I don't know the answer other than it just to me makes sense that if, if you're going to be interviewing people, they want to know your value proposition, right? I mean, we is, that, have value propositions. is that something you would share your, your value book? Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can upload it in the, in the Facebook group or whatever. Yeah. I've got a PDF version of it. The reason I asked this is many years ago, I was, I had a really hard time understanding like how to develop culture. And in 2010, 2011, you know, this is when Google and the tech companies are blowing up. Um, you know, I thought it was bean bags and foosball tables. And um, so I, I put on, I, you know, hosted a lot of events. We rented party buses and it created a lot of artificial culture in yeah. a very short term fashion. It was fun for a couple of days and then it fizzled off. And yep. uh, I, I flew out to uh, Zappos in um, Las Vegas. Zappos is headquartered in Las Vegas and they have a, um, a culture camp and they have a values book. That's yeah. like 25 pages that you can go through. That really? Talks about the company. <laughs> and so I was wondering yeah. if maybe so when you, you hear that, 
probably what you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I just, to me, it was just, I mean, you know, I've, I've been, um, you know, in the, in, in the broker business, you know, we didn't, we haven't gone through my whole background, but I started leading, you know, brokerages and so forth before we started our team. And we always had value proposition book, you know, uh, just a book of everything that made us unique. So in that book, there's a two page spread right in the middle, basically of what our first, what the first 90 days or the first 180 days at our company is like. And so when we're meeting with recruits, we basically tell that, you know, once we hand them that book after the first meeting, we say, Hey, go through this, you know, see if it, if things in here resonate with you and especially pay attention to the section about our, our training and accountability structure. And if this is something that you would like to be a part of, then let us know, follow up with us for a second meeting. And, um, you know, cause once they get to that part, it talks about how, how tough the training program is and how, how, you know, they have to make full, they have to make prospecting calls and essentially follow a telemarketer like, like schedule for the first, um, 180 days. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I'd love to see a copy of that. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I can up, if there's a Facebook group or something, I can upload it. Yeah. What, um, Jeff, what's your team look like now? I mean, 900 plus transactions. That's a lot. What's your, what's the organizational structure look like? Yeah, so we have uh, about 25 agents do, uh, doing the 900. Well, I guess technically it'd be around 24 doing, you know, 820 or so, and then I'm doing another 100 from there. Um, we have, so that's what we call outside sales associates, meaning they're listing agents and buyer agents. Um, they don't they, they don't do one or the other, they do both. We teach, we really actually teach everyone to be a listing agent um, and, and, you know, from there, if they want to work buyers, they can, or they can leverage our showing agent model. We have a team of um, two showing eight or well, we've, so our, our showing agent, our inside sales associate model is designed on the inside sales associate side. We, we want them to make outbound calls to sellers. On the showing agent side, we want them to work with our OSAs and go show homes for them. So that way we're developing agents that, that love working with buyers over here. And then we, we develop agents that love working sellers over there. Our ISA group at any given time, six to 10 in the ISA team. They call them buyers and sellers? Uh, no, great question. So our inside sales team is only making outbound phone calls to sellers. And then is, is, is your whole model prospecting based? Do you do anything on the marketing side? Uh, we do quite a bit on marketing. Our, uh, our marketing budget's about a million, million, one a year. What are you spending marketing on? What are your, you know, across yep. buy side, list side, what are your top three, four, five um, yep. sources? So, and, and by the way, I, sh I should probably put the disclaimer out there. We didn't spend a single dollar on advertising until our GCI hit a million dollars. Once we hit a million dollars in GCI, that's when we started spending a little bit of money on advertising. So our, 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 Two to three biggest spends on advertising, obviously, um, T, or Zillow, Realtor.com leads, so internet leads, um, radio and billboards. Um, we're also on TV. Now, we're dialing back TV a little bit because the ROI on TV is not as strong as it is on radio and billboards, um, but th those would be the three. Uh, so, internet leads, radio and billboards, and TV. So your ISAs are working those seller leads and then your buyer's agents, are they working those leads? So your buyer agents who also operate as outside sales agents, are they working the um, inbound internet leads? Uh, yeah. So all of our internet leads that come in go to our outside sales team. 
Our inside sales associates do not get access to those. Our inside sales associates are only making outbound calls for sellers. Okay, so expires withdrawn. And the reason for that is because if we gave them the option, they would focus and lean more towards buyers. And so if you're going to have an ISA team that also works buyers, I recommend you have maybe one person focused on sellers and one person focused on buyers or, you know, two and two or five and five, whatever. Mm -hmm. Don't give an ISA the opportunity to work both sellers and buyers. They're always going to gravitate towards buyers because buyers are easier. Got it. What's your uh, technology stack look like, Jeff? Um, like in terms of the CRM and stuff? Yeah, lead gen system, CRM, transaction yep. management, yep. all that. So we use uh, Sync, Commissions Inc. for our CRM. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have a company intranet where we basically keep you know, all of our training videos, policy procedures manual. Anytime, you know, anytime we have a agent join the company, they go through a seven-day boot camp, which is basically spending seven days going through um, uh, all of our training programs and training videos. And we use Lessonly for that. Uh, so that way they, at the same time, they're going in and answering questions about what they just learned and so forth. Um, and, and then, of course, Sync uh, for our CRM. And you have a front-end facing website through REW also? Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Cool. And then what about transaction management and like back-end accounting and stuff? Um, we don't use anything for transaction management. Um, obviously we, we, there, there's some of that in sync, meaning like, you know, the agents update where they are with their, in in their file with our operations team and stuff through sync. Um, but we don't really have any system for backend management other than our, our operations team. Um, you know, and, 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 you, and you have t- transaction coordinators for your listing agents and buyers agents. So good question. So we do not do um, transaction coordination for our agents. So uh, when the when the sale goes pending, they're they're handling inspection issues. They're handling appraisal appraisal issues. You know, we're turning in all the documents and so forth to get them paid, but we do not offer that service to our agents. What was the decision point around to do that or not to do it? Yeah. So it was actually twofold. Uh, one, because um, at the time when we started putting together value proposition, uh, we were already doing, you know, when we really got serious about our value proposition, we were already doing three, 400 transactions and it would be a, a, an immediate increase in cost to offer that service when we weren't offering that from the get-go, you know, cause you probably need an administrative person for every 150 or so transactions. So uh, for the cost reason, we did not offer it. And also for, for, for size and space, you know, uh, having the room for, you know, three, four, five uh, transaction managers, uh, we just didn't have it at the time. So uh, th- those were the first two reasons. And then actually when I started digging in, and and researching the model a little bit further. Uh, one thing I found with a lot of real estate teams that use the transaction management model is their contract to close ratio is a lot lower than ours, meaning from the time it goes pending to the time it closes. And so, again, you'd have to factor in, you know, let's say you put a deal together and you use transaction manager and, you know, 80% of your deals close. Well, we were always like 90, 92, 90, low 90s percentage of our deals close. And I think it had a lot to do with the agent still being involved every, every step of the transaction. Um, now they're not going out and taking photos of their listings and putting on lock boxes and ordering signs up. I'm just talking about negotiating inspection issues, appraisal issues, that type of thing. So, 
that that's just been our model from day one. How are the agents compensated? What's their commission splits look like? Yeah. So part of the, and, and part of the whole cost model, you know, because we don't offer that uh, we, we pay our agents a little bit more. So our agents are either a 40, 50, 60 or 70% split. Uh, our average sales price in Detroit is 225,000. We're in Detroit and Grand Rapids. So obviously splits vary based on market. Uh, so 40, 50, 60, 70. So I'll explain them to you now. Uh, 40% if it's a company generated seller, meaning one of our ISAs set the appointment or somebody called off our billboards. Uh, 50% if it's a company generated buyer. So like a Zillow lead or realtor.com lead. 60% if it's a self-generated seller, meaning the agents made an outbound prospecting call, or maybe they attended an open house, or maybe they worked their database and they generated a seller for themselves. And 70% if they generate a self-gen buyer. And our system is very much set up. You know, like for instance, when I upload the value prop book, you'll see it's 28 pages or something, one page on our lead generation model, meaning one page on come work with us, we'll give you leads. It's maybe number five or number six reason why somebody would work with our company. Are you familiar with Mark Z in um, Detroit? Yeah, absolutely I am. And so it sounds like you guys sell, I think he's selling like somewhere around five, six hundred, seven hundred homes. <laughs> sounds like you guys are selling more. Um, yeah. Uh, he'll, he's always trying to catch us. So yeah. if he's listening, there you go, Mark. <laughs> what do you feel? What do you feel like? We stay in contact. What do you feel like has given you the edge over the Mark Z group? Yeah, great question. Hands down, without question, we teach people how to sell and build a business. And that's the uh, um, and that's the outline of your curriculum for the agents that they go through. Yes, we we're teaching them how to fish. We're not just we're not just handing them handing them fish. Got it. Interesting. Yeah. So you've dialed in recruiting and selection um, by getting people bought into what the expectations are when you bring them on. What yeah. is your um, like? What does what your fall off rate look like? For example, you onboard ten people in a month. How many of those people are actually going to stay on board? You know, yeah. over the course of like that 180 days. Yeah. So we bring on we bring on four people a quarter, <laughs> and um, essentially two end up not making it past 90 days. Uh, one ends up making it through the whole program and they're an average agent. And then one ends up being a pretty good rock star agent, meaning 30, 40, 50 transactions a year. Got it. So one of them ends up being pretty amazing out of the four. That's right. And so you're adding a net new of four agents per year to your team. Correct. And no, then, no, no. Four, four agents per quarter. Okay. But two oh, of them but don't yes, make it per net. Quarter, yes, right? per yeah. net. Yeah. Because three make, yeah. three don't make it. Yeah, exactly. Now, sometimes you two make it. One makes it at a nice level. One, the other one might do 12, 18, 20 some deals. And at that point, it's still, you know, the verdict's out, I guess, if you will, on, on whether they're going to make it or not. What's your leadership structure look like at your team? Do you have a sales manager, operations manager? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we have a, a operations manager. Uh, and, and she's in charge of the operations team and, and you know, that that's her umbrella, uh, a sales manager. Usually, uh, we've had a sales manager the past five years right now. We are without one. So hello, that's me. <laughs> um, and an inside. So I, I'm sorry, an outside sales manager, which we've had for five years now. Uh, we are without one right now. So that's me. And we have an inside sales manager, uh, the manager that works with the, the inside sales team. Got it. And you said nice that you have a nice inside sales team of six to ten. 
six to ten at all times. How are you getting around some of the issues with um, what is it? T S P. Uh, you know that. Uh, the, all the re- yeah, all the regulations around outbound prospecting, and yeah. are you having to deal with people writing negative Yelp reviews about you because you're? Oh yeah. Calling oh, them. Yeah. What's yeah. how are you getting around those things? We ha- and we have for ye- I mean for years. Um, first things first. All of our ISAs are licensed. They have to be licensed. Um, we have a pretty good policy. We have a pretty good schedule um we we stagger the calling so that way you know if a home comes off the market they're not getting eight calls the first hour from us you know so we have we have a you know basically we have an a and a b shift so the a shift might call in the morning the b shift might call them later in the day but we never have uh excessive cross calling now having said that we do have a lot of our osas that that do their own calling um, but that, that would be no different than essentially any brokerage that has agents that are calling. So you're, you're, we have people call in and ask to be removed. We have a process for that. Um, you know, we, we follow all of the, you know, requirements of the TCPA laws. We don't use any, you know, mass texting services or anything like that. But, um, you know, from time to time, yeah, we have to, we have to handle an irate caller or, or handle an upset, uh, bad review. What are, what are you using as a dialer to do your prospecting? Uh, Vulcan seven. We use a single line dialer. Very important, especially if you're trying to, trying to stay, uh, uh, you know, on, on the good side of the TCPA, you want to use a single line dialer. So we use Vulcan seven. And, um, Mojo, would you, would you say Mojo is against the, um, it's, it's in violation. It's multi-line dialer. Yeah. Any multi-line dialer is, is there's two or three things that are black and black and white violations. Um, Mass texting services, um, multi-line dialers, um, and and not having a DNC policy and procedure for when someone calls in and asks to be removed. Meaning, um, I think a lot of teams and brokerages, including ours at one time, by the way, are a little careless when people ask to be removed. And so there's a decent chance that if someone's asked to be removed, it doesn't happen. And then they're called again by that team or that brokerage. Uh, that, that's a pretty big deal also. Jeff, are you at a brokerage or are you independent, an independent brokerage? Uh, I'm affiliated with Keller Williams. Okay. Got it. What, and how, like, what's the last five years looked like for you? Like from a, you know, transaction perspective did you has it been like 500 deals next year 600 700 800 900 so five years would be 2015 so in 2015 we did uh 850 some transactions we'll just call it 850 uh 2016 was our first year over a thousand we did a thousand and thirteen transactions in 2016 and then 17 and 18, we hovered in like the mid nines. We've basically been between like 925 and 1,000 yeah. every year the last four years. What do you think has stumped your growth the last five years from a, you know, just a percentage perspective? Yeah. So two things, two things, two answers to that. Number one, my personal production actually has gone down because of the time I'm spending in Glover U and with those agents. Um, I was actually doing between 180 and 200 trans, 220 transactions a year, um, you know, prior to 2017. So my personal, you know, it sounds crazy, but my personal production has, has gone from 180 to 200, you know, from 180 to 220 down to like 80 to 100, 110. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's obviously a big piece of it. But also um, we, we missed the boat in one area of the business and that is spending time with our data database and and people we know we've been so 
focused on going out and getting business from people that we don't know, expires and for sale by owners and advertising and just listed and just sold. We haven't spent enough time with people that we do know. And so um, do you, I believe that the plateau is because we haven't been, done a good job of repeating referral business. Now we've, we've started doing that two, three years ago, client events, parties, you know, stuff to be engaging with the database, but we weren't doing that up until the last couple of years. Do you think it's possible you may have to redo the organizational structure of the team in order to go beyond 900 to 1,000 transactions? And if so, uh, what would that look like? Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I think that we've done, so we've, we've done that in the last two to three years. Um, we, it just hasn't shown up in the results yet. Uh, and, I, and I think that this year will be a year where it does start to show up in our results. Meaning, you know, we haven't played the long game. We've, all, we've been playing the immediate business game. Uh, we haven't been playing the game of taking care of past clients and sphere of influence and helping agents grow their databases, helping our agents build a brand in the community. We haven't done any of that. And we've started that the last couple of years and, and we believe it's going to start to show up. How many, how long will an agent stay with you? Like how many years does an agent stay with you? What's the average fall off? Like at what time, at what point uh, in their duration of time with you, do they on average yeah. fall off? How many yeah, years? So most, most of our, most of our agents, um, you know, have been with us three, four, five years. Um, you know, what we have seen, up until you know, really the last couple of years since we we have made some some changes to our value proposition, we had seen a pattern of after like two and a half three years, agents would go off on their own and kind of do their own thing, and so we've put a lot in place to where we've made the value proposition so strong that they don't have to do that. Now people are still going to do that because people are human. That's just human nature, but, um, you know, that, the, the, the verdict is still out on, on the, whether that's going to be successful or not, but we're doing a much, we're much more aware of doing everything we can to help the agents build their own brand with our, within our brand. So they never feel like they're held back. The, um, you, you mentioned a sales manager out, um, that's overseeing about 25 salespeople. Have you found there's like a threshold in terms of the number of people one leader can oversee before the productivity per agent drops? Um, we have not, I, I think that that number would probably be somewhere around 25 on a real estate team. I mean, obviously you got a lot of brokerages that have 50 to 75 people with one leader. So I think it's probably somewhere around 25 to 30. Do you think you'll be adding more sales managers and scaling up agent counts as lead volume goes up as you leverage other people's database? Uh, I do. Yeah. I, I think that we'll have, we'll have, um, probably instead of one sales manager for the whole company, we'll have a sales manager in each location. We have a couple different locations that we're in. So, um, that, that, that will change. How do you develop like a CEO, for example, to take over your team in Detroit so you can focus on Glover, Glover U full-time, or do you already have that person? And if so, like, you know, what's been your leadership development pipeline? What does that look like? Yeah. So we do have, so our parent company is called Live Unreal Companies. And we have two people in that organization. Um, we have a, a director of sales and a director of operations. And um, either one of those could at some point in time take over as CEO um, of, well, not necessarily CEO, basically, we call, I use general manager. I, I, you know, CEO is a little strong in the real estate industry, I think, but, um, 
you know, yeah. So, so we have some people that we are grooming for that. Uh, remember, I would still stay in production. Uh, and I know it sounds a little backwards, but I have to lead by example, not just for, for our real estate team here in Michigan, but for, you know, for all the agents around the country following Glover U. Mm-hmm. How, how can people connect with you if they want to learn more about Glover U and learn how to be great salespeople and yeah, so we put leaders? all, yeah, no, I appreciate that. We put a lot of stuff online for free. In fact, most of our stuff is for free. So I would say there's probably two areas. Number one, uh, I would join the Glover U inner circle Facebook group. If you just search Glover U inner circle, um, you can be added to that group. Basically, anytime I do a video, you know, a lot of the stuff I'll do, I'll share with our team and then I'll immediately come back and share it with, with, with the folks that follow Glover U. So I would start there, the Glover U inner circle Facebook page. Uh, and then, of course, GloverU.com has all of our events and, and everything we're doing, which we got a really cool program coming up, um, which I'll share with you when you know, you're, you're ready for me to share that. Yeah. Um, one quick uh, question I've got is um, when you were you know, transitioning from being a, um, a solo agent to building out a team in this big operation, who were some of your inspirations or what kind of coaching did you get involved in to help you become a better leader? You had mentioned Floyd Wickman and some of these other organizations that yeah. are great at helping you become great salespeople, but yeah. you know, it definitely seems like there's a lack of leadership coaching for people that are trying to transition from owning a job to building a business. So where did you go to you know, gain the knowledge to um, kind of take things to the next level? Great question. So I actually took the financial step back I went from sales production to real estate office management, meaning um, I, I learned how to manage when I was 20, 21. Uh, a company in Detroit uh, had an opening for a sales manager for a real estate brokerage, and I took that job. And uh, from there, I learned how to recruit. I learned how to train. Um, I learned how to manage. I learned how to maintain. And, um, you know, I'm forever grateful for that opportunity. Now, financially, I took a big step back. Uh, but I would tell anybody, and to this day, there's only been a few agents that I've shared that story with, at least that have told me, oh, yeah, I took your advice and went and did that. Because it's tough. I mean, I, first year in the business, I was already making over $100,000 a year in income. So, to go down, to cut that in half, I went down to 50 to go run an office. Um, that was a, that was a huge drop. But at the same time, I learned skills that are, are with me to this day that, that, um, you know, now of course we're out there training other people on how to do that. So I took a, I took a office manager job running a real estate brokerage. So you just learned through trial and error essentially. That's right. Yeah. Yep. I was 20 years old. Agents were quitting. Agents were crying, <laughs> but we were, we were the fastest growing office after two years. So I, I quickly learned how to turn that around. If, you know, if I were to look into like your crystal ball and fast forward like 20 years, what's the legacy you want to leave in the industry when you say you, you want to leave an impact? Like, what is, well, what just is like your how I mentioned like? get, Yep. So just how I mentioned in the beginning, I had, I had four people that I, that I was paying, that I was told to follow, right? Floyd, Mike, um, Craig, and Brian. All right. Now I, I followed Floyd and Mike. Uh, I want to be in that same conversation. Cool. I want I want brokers from around the country to say you got to follow Glover. You you got to follow Jeff Glover. This guy knows what he's doing. So you mentioned earlier you've got a bunch of free resources online. Do you have any kind of like training events or anything people could check out? Yes. So um, 
I identified a huge gap in this industry, and that is, to your question, there's not a lot of people training agents how to become leaders. And so I put together a leadership, a lead agent training program. It's called ReLead, and I'm doing it for free. So it doesn't cost anything. There's no catch. It's not like the first one's free, and then I'm going to ask you to sign up for $9.99 or anything like that. It's 18 weeks. It's totally free. Uh, and, and that's kind of like my give back to the industry. So it's called ReLead, stands for Real Estate Leadership, uh, and it's happening every Wednesday starting the 26th of February at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if anybody wants to sign up for that, again, it's totally free. They can go to gloveru.com forward slash ReLead, R-E-L-E-A-D, gloveru.com forward slash ReLead, R-E-L-E-A-D. Uh, and that's going to be every Wednesday at 1130 Eastern for the next uh, 18 weeks starting February 26th. And I'm basically walking everyone through from start to finish what it takes to build a team, what it takes to build a company. So it's not just for lead agents. It's actually for team leaders, office managers, broker owners. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of recruiting strategies, a lot of retention strategies, how to build a training program. Uh, I'm going to be sharing everything uh, every Wednesday in that program. Hey, let me ask you a question. I don't mean to put you on the spot. Do you ever see yourself leaving KW and starting your own national brokerage? Uh, you know, that, that's a great question. Um, I have a good relationship with Gary Keller. And um, I, my answer is going to be as long as I continue that relationship with Gary Keller, I don't, I don't see a reason to leave. Um, I, I do recognize, though, that some brokerages um, – may not support us because of my affiliation with Keller Williams. Like I, I get that. So, you know, when you come to our events and stuff, we have almost half the audience now, not with Keller Williams. So we're really starting to be, become a training and coaching company for the independents. You know, of course there's going to be a lot of Keller Williams agents there because I have some influence in KW, but um, no, I, I don't, I don't see any, any value. As long as my relationship with Gary stays strong, I don't see any reason on going on my own or going independent. There's a, there's a lot of discussion about EXP and how they've won up KW's rev share model. What's mm -hmm. kept you in the KW family versus um, considering EXP, for example? I'm independent, just so you know, for the record, yeah. right? Like I have yeah. no ties to anybody. Yeah. I just, oh, yeah. I just it's just one of these out as an outsider, it's something I see, right? Yeah. Well, I believe, I believe in, uh, I believe in the lattice effect. And uh, this is something that I've learned actually from Gary. And that is, uh, he talks a lot about wealth determiners. Wealth determiners and wealth determinants. Basically, choose your wealth determiners and your wealth determinants wisely. The people that determine wealth for you and the people that you determine wealth for. And at the end of the day, uh, I know by being with KW, I determine wealth for Gary Keller. Now, it's not a ton. I'm just a, a little smidgen in, in the entire organization. But I have chosen my wealth determiner wisely. And so uh, having said that, I don't see anyone else in this industry right now that I would rather determine wealth for than, than Gary. And so um, that's why, you know, I, I, I've paid close attention to what the folks at EXP are doing. Uh, and I think they got a great model. It's just um, they, they don't have the leader in Gary. And that, that's, that's, that's the biggest difference. Who are some of the most exciting leaders you're seeing kind of rising rising up in the industry? Well, I've been paying a little bit of attention with the, with the new, uh, the new CEO of Remax. Um, I think they're doing some good things. Um, 
you know, obviously I'm watching, um, you know, the leadership team at EXP. I think Glenn Sanford is a smart guy. I had dinner and I had a long dinner with him. Um, you know, so, so I would say, you know, I don't pay, I don't but What about it. young guys, man? Like who are the, who are the rising stars? You know, like Glenn and Gary yeah. in 10 years, they'll both be in their seventies and out of the business. Like who are the guys that are in their thirties that you see that are going to transform the industry over the next three decades? Well, obviously, uh, I, you know, I thought, I'm sure you're familiar with Ben Kinney. You know, I, I watched his stuff. Um, from a young from a young leader, he strikes me as somebody that that is going to make an impact and make a difference in in the in the industry. What I what I probably am not seeing enough of, and and I quite frankly am a little disappointed in a lot of our a lot of our younger um, leaders in the industry. Unfortunately, never really had to prove themselves. So I'm really having a hard time. Um, you know, following someone that's put in a position just because they're, 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 they're skilled in one area or another, but they've never actually proven themselves in the field of real estate. And that's really, that's probably why I can't rattle a bunch of names because there's so many, you know, chief technology officers and chief information officers and all these, all these things that relate to the business today, but never actually stood step foot in a seller's home to present a listing presentation to them. And, um, I have a hard time um, um, believing that that type of individual is going to be around a long time in this industry. Yeah. You know, the, um, the people I see on that list is, um, is you been, he's in Omaha, Jeff Cohn. He just joined KW, right? Yep. Um, Tim Heil. Oh yeah. Tim. Uh, Love Tim. Yep. Yeah. He comes um, to mind. I mean, there's only, I can only think of like maybe, Four or five people. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate making that list. I don't know if it's because we're on this together right now or not. Well, no, <laughs> I've, I, maybe I'm a new addition. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, it, your name has been circling my stratosphere of, as I go to, you know, like Inman and all these other yeah. national events. And so I'm, I'm glad we finally connected. Uh, yeah, I me appreciate too. you being on the show, CEO secrets. You and I followed a very similar path from a career trajectory perspective. And, um, I appreciate all the insight you shared yeah. um, and the offer for the, uh, for that. Um, uh, yeah. Take advantage of it. Honestly, you're, 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 you will get, it doesn't matter where you're at, whether you've been doing this 20 weeks or 20 years, you'll get a lot out of that. And, and if anything, my hope is for every 30, 40 minute session, people are walking away with at least one page of things that they can take and implement. And um, you know, it, there just seems to be a huge gap in the industry of there there's programs for how to recruit, you know, there's programs for, you know, uh, recruiting and retention, but there's not a lot of stuff for lead agents of teams. And so, uh, we hope to be able to fill that gap. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks for being on CEO Secrets. For those of you guys that commented in the comment section, the Facebook group, I'm sorry, I've been I've been trying to be present in the moment, Jeff. So I haven't been watching it. So Jeff, I might forward some questions over to you. But um, That's okay, and make sure to invite me in the group if I'm not already in there, uh, so I can upload the value proposition book. Yeah, I will. I'll shoot you an invite. Appreciate you again for being on CEO Secrets. All right, sounds good. Cool. All right, thanks, Jeff. All right, we'll see you, Brad. Want more CEO Secrets? If so. You can get a free copy of my book, The Million Dollar Real Estate Team at www.themilliondollarrealestateteam.com for free. Inside this book, you'll find my top secrets that we've used to net $1 million in just three years.